this week on It Starts With Attraction. Today we are talking all about pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual parts of attraction, and how that can help not only you, but all of the relationships in your life. And we're having that conversation with one of my favorite people, Priscilla Gray. Priscilla is actually part of my team at Marriage Helper, where I'm the CEO, as one of our marriage coaches, and she is phenomenal. Priscilla's husband found out about Marriage Helper after she confessed to him that she was in an affair in 2017, five years ago. They attended the workshop and there was not an immediate turnaround. In fact, they actually divorced. However, they still worked through the principles that they learned at Marriage Helper and eventually were drawn back together, a huge part of which had to do with working on their pies, working on that physical, intellectual, and emotional and spiritual levels of attraction for themselves, but also to each other. They've been married since 2004 with a short divorce in the middle of that, but they got remarried just a couple of years ago and now have a better marriage than ever before. Priscilla is a follower of Jesus. She's a wife of a minister, a mother of six, a marriage coach, and so much more. She is a recovered people pleaser, as she likes to say, that has personally had to discover and implement pies and boundaries in her own life. And we get into that conversation today as well. How has she implemented boundaries and how does she work on her pies with so many different things tugging at her in all of these areas of her life? Let's dive in to today's conversation. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. I am so excited to be joined by one of my favorite people, Priscilla Gray. And some of you may know her, some of the listeners. She is a coach on the Marriage Helper team. But even more than that, she is an amazing human being. I've connected with her on so many different levels, and she has been an inspiration to me in in many ways. So I'm excited to have her on this podcast today and have a conversation about a lot of things, but we're going to come back to pies and all of it. Priscilla, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. I'm super excited. Well, let's start by just giving the listeners a bit more context about you and your life and who you are and kind of what led us to to knowing each other and you being on the podcast today. So, how, I mean, your yeah. journey originally started with Marriage Helper, but let's hear the, the three-minute story of how all that came to be. So kind of the way that um, I was introduced to you, introduced to Marriage Helper, was I was in an affair, actually. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of led to that. And I, I think we'll get into more of this later. But, you know, I was kind of a person um, just thinking of pies. I was a person that did actually practice pies. I did do things to take care of myself, but I had always done them with the wrong motivation. I was always doing them to look a certain way to other people or doing them to, um, you know, just 
because I wanted to do the right thing or because I wanted to at least look like I was doing the right thing. And so um, my husband and I ended up in marriage crisis. And that's kind of where um, I met Marriage Helper. And, you know, of course, our story is out there. Um, There's a lot of details to that story, but we found Marriage Helper, came to the workshop, um, but we didn't just immediately turn around and reconcile then. We did, you know, kind of go through divorce. Um, we ended up reconciling post divorce, and that's kind of where um, we got to connect with Marriage Helper again because we didn't trust um, the help that was out there. And so we we thought we we knew what Marriage Helper believed. We knew their principles. We knew that we believed in them. And so let's just go back to that uh, organization and get help again. And then I think we connected on a deeper level then. And I think that you all made the statement, if you come back again, you're going to have to start helping. And um, so that's what we did. (laughs) We came back again uh, and started helping. But anyway, so it's just been an amazing journey, just kind of getting to know you and, and just everyone at Marriage Helper. Well, it has been reciprocated in so many ways. There are so many parts of your story and you and your husband's willingness to share about it that has given so many people hope. And I already know, knowing the listeners who listen to this podcast, several of them are marriage helper clients. Some of them are not, but all of them, what I can tell you is that they are all looking for hope in some way. And so more, Mm -hmm. the more that they can hear that there's someone who has gone through hard times and are here standing stronger today than they were then is a win for all of our listeners. And so I want to go back to a minute. So you and your husband, Jordan is his name, had come to, I mean, you know that the listeners don't know that. So I'm I'm just telling them, but uh, when y'all had come through, when y'all had come through the workshop, you know, you learned about this concept of pies then. And so Tell me more about what did the pies, like, did that grab you? Was that something that helped you the first time you heard about it? And if so, how did that carry with you even through divorcing, you know, getting a divorce, Mm -hmm. even through continuing to be in an affair after your divorce? How did the concept of pies, I don't know, I don't even know how to end that question. Like, how did it? ground you? And did it eventually bring you back to wanting to do the right thing for your marriage? Yeah. Okay. So when we, when Jordan and I were at the workshop, um, we actually were making quite a bit of progress while we were there and learning all of the principles and all the things that we were learning were actually beginning to impact our lives. And actually on our way home from the workshop, we began making kind of a list on legitimate paper. Um, You know, I know that's not common these days, but started writing out on a notebook piece of paper, just kind of what we wanted to do as far as like going to bed at 9 p.m. at night. And I know that sounds like crazy early for some, but anyway, we were making lists of how we were going to take care of ourselves and take care of our pies um, for ourselves, you know, exercise and and things of that nature. Um, Our emotional... Uh, chaos was bigger than we realized 
Um, so it didn't just end there. Like we did end up having some, I, I vacillated, which was just kind of going back and forth um, with what I was feeling for this other person. And then, you know, of course, what I wanted for my life. Um, and so that's kind of what sent us like, sent us more down a path towards divorce versus reconciliation. But we did, it did impact us at first in that we wanted to buy in. We wanted to do those things. But then ultimately it kind of all crumbled within a few days after we got home from the workshop and we didn't put in that work to do those things. Um, we were too preoccupied with what each other was doing and not really focused on what we needed to be doing for ourselves. So you ended up divorcing. Was the pies a concept you carried with you even through the divorce? Yeah. So um, through the chaos of the divorce, like it was something that, you know, we would both kind of look to, but we would still react emotionally. We still weren't like really getting on top of making decisions and making choices that were best for us. We were still in a very reactive state. Yeah. But after the divorce was final, um, you know, any any of you out there who have been through divorce, like you, you've almost feel defeated. You kind of feel, you know, just kind of like, okay, wow, like it's over and it's, you know, just a really rough time. And that is actually the point. It wasn't immediately post-divorce, but um, not long after the divorce, within a couple of months post-divorce, that's when I really began realizing that the pies were for me. It was mm. to help me to be the best version of myself. And unknowingly Jordan had had figured that out too and he was beginning to go on his journey um, of take, taking care of himself um, physically emotionally intellectually and spiritually I did it all backwards sorry um, but anyway so that's kind of the point where it was like okay I've got to be better I've got to do better like my my emotions were just going crazy. My, you know, like life, <laughs> my life was crazy. Everything was just yeah. kind of falling apart around me. And so it was just me deciding, okay, I've got to put one step in, in or what is that cliche? I've got to put one foot in front of the other and start doing the next right thing, which I know is a, something that you often say is I've just got to do the next right thing. And so that's where I really began going down that path of, okay, I've got to start with, um, you know, taking care of myself. I'm not going to drink excessively. I'm not going to um, stay up all hours of the night. I'm going to make sure I'm trying to get my sleep and I'm going to start reading. Um, I'm a, I'm a believer. And so I started really pouring myself back into um, like that, like a spiritual connection, which I will say, I didn't want to be known at church. So I didn't just go get involved in a church. I did attend church, but um, I just kind of remained anonymous. So I wouldn't have to do that. But I did begin taking small steps to just kind of get back to a good, healthy place um, as far as my pies were concerned. Hmm. So, you know, and the, the end of the story, so to say, is you ultimately reconnected with Jordan, y'all reconciled, you remarried. And did you continue your pies even after you got remarried? So has that continued to be a focus, a main focus for you? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I do want to mention, um, just kind of talking about reconciliation. So I actually um, did like 
peek on Jordan's pies. Like I wasn't trying to have any interactions with him. We did not really connect. We we were we divorced horribly. We were horrible um, co-parents, and so I didn't. We didn't really talk during our divorce, and um, I did find myself trying to figure out like when he was going to be running a certain place at a certain time to try to find him and see him and things like that. So, you know, I just wanted to say that because I think a lot of people think, well, I'm working on my pies and no one's going to notice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there was no way I should have noticed. I should not have been noticing, but I found a way to notice. And so I just wanted to kind of mention that, you know, just in case that could be helpful. But anyway, okay. So we did end up reconciling. Um, you know, we did end up getting back together. And I will say the beginning of reconciliation was so good. Not, it didn't always feel good, but it was so good because we were really good at kind of keeping that balance of making sure that we were taking care of ourselves, um, making sure that we were allowing space for us to grow and to heal. Um, I will say though, the more comfortable we got, the more, um, you know, time went on, we did kind of fall off the wagon for a little while. And I'm not saying completely and totally, but at the same time, it's a lot harder when you're, um, just kind of comfortable with the way things are going to really push yourself out of your comfort zones. And so we actually had to kind of make a choice again to like take that step out of our comfort zones to get back on the path of pies because we did not want to end up going down the same path we had gone down before. So what did that look like? What did, how did you know that you were lagging in your pies? Like what were the things you would see in yourself or in Jordan? And then what were the things you would start doing again, personally or together that put you back on track? Yeah. Okay. So, um, some of the things like, you know, I know I can speak for me. I I would have to think about for Jordan, what that looked like for him. But for me, I could tell that I was starting to kind of fall off the bandwagon when I would start to get jealous um, of, you know, maybe it was getting jealous of Jordan taking care of some of his pies. Like it was like, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, Kimberly, where it's like, oh, well, it must be nice to take a walk. <laughs> it must be nice to, you know, get some alone time and read your Bible, you know? And it was like, are right, you kidding right. me? Like, because you have, have six have kids. Like we need to make sure the audience knows you have six children. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I do have six children. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that is an obstacle (laughs) in some of my pies. Um, but saying that to say it was like, why am I getting jealous? I have just as much of an ability and capability of creating that space as he does. And, and, you know, maybe it doesn't always look like I want it to look, but why am I getting jealous of, over that? Like I have the option. I have the choice to, to decide I'm going to create space to take a walk. Um, you know, like I would find myself thinking it wasn't fair because like I'm pouring my empty time into our family or into getting something done and being productive. And he's not pouring his additional time into that. Well, I mean, he was oftentimes, it was just that he was also creating space to do these other things as well. So, and it's not just him, you know, sometimes it's other people. Oh, it must be nice that they go get massages or they get their nails done. And it's like, 
I, I have the, the power to choose that for my own life. If that's a priority of mine, I can, you know, take steps to make those things happen in my life as well. So that's some of the things I would start to notice is that jealousy creep up. Um, sometimes it was like, resentment, like, well, you're taking my time from me. And so I I would notice that if I'm feeling like um, my time is being stolen, maybe I'm not taking care of myself the way that I need to take care of myself because I'm giving out of an empty cup instead of being able to give with a full cup. Um, I'm, you know, starting to feel like, ah, you're stealing my time from me. You're taking my time from me. Um, So just things like that would start to creep up. And I would realize, oh, this is because I'm not taking care of me first. Mm -hmm. So in your schedule, in your life, again, mom of six and you work, you're a coach. So you do coaching sessions, which is not, you know, mindless, mindless work, right? You're heavily (laughs) mentally engaged, Plus you have kids who have needs and you're a wife and your husband's a a pastor, all of it. Right. So how, what does your day look like? What are you prioritizing in your pies? What are the goals that you're working towards and how do you make sure you're creating space? I love that. How are you creating space in your life for that? Yes. yes, yes. Okay. So my number one priority, I'll, I'll give you a, a, just a glimpse of my schedule, but my number one priority is to make sure that I have some downtime. Um, that is something that I never made a priority in the past. Like I literally could have woken up, been with a human being from the time I woke up till the time I went to bed and thought that was good. And so now, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It was wrong. Um, but so that, you know, just having space to rest and space to just be Mm -hmm. is something that is a priority for me. And so my day looks like creating little pockets of that. But, um, so a typical day for me is I wake up, um, you know, I, I haven't talked to you about this, but I haven't really been drinking coffee lately. I've been drinking hot tea and and some other things first thing in the morning. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but that's, so my first step is to wake up and, and do that and, and to have some time with Jesus. I, you know, do a little Bible reading devotions. Um, sometimes it is just kind of just breathing and just kind of, you know, like setting my mood for the day. Um, so that's what I do first thing. Then I start waking some kids up. <laughs> I have quite a few. I have some that wake <laughs> themselves up, some that don't. And so I start waking kids up. Um, and then I help them get out the door. And then, you know, Jordan's typically the one that takes them. And so I'm able to then just get ready for my day. So I don't have to get up and rush into getting ready. But Kimberly, this is something that you um, actually encouraged you, you probably do know it, but maybe not to the extent I was taking calls um, as a coach very early in the morning. And so last year, when you kind of had this come to Jesus about my sleep, um, I was not getting very good sleep. And I was waking up early in the morning to take coaching calls on a regular basis. Now, I still wake up early some and take some on um, some special uh circumstance basis. But as far as regular, I wait until after my family has left the house for the day to start even getting ready (laughs) for my day. I'm so proud of you, Priscilla. 
I knew you would do, but so yes. So I then start getting ready for my day. And then that, I mean, actually looks like, you know, like physically getting ready, but then I also spend time just in worship and like, I don't want to give a visual, but like, I have a friend who um, said the other day on my birthday, she said, you may want to cut this, but (laughs) she said, she said, uh, happy birthday to my Jesus loving, naked, um, praising friend, because like, that's what my getting morning looks like. It's like, you know, I just praise God, just naked and unashamed. But anyway, um, but that, that is just time that I spend because this is why it's you wait for everyone it's- to leave the house. Yes, exactly. 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 Um, But it's almost like this double thing because it's like on one hand, I have that alone time, that space, but also like I am just so unashamed when I'm there by myself. And so I can just kind of, you know, just let release um, all the things, all the emotions and then really get ready for my day. Um, because yeah. when you're dealing with such, like, like you said, it's not just that I have clients, I have children and a husband that also need emotional connection. And so like, I'm really needing to just, you know, have that time to pour into me, um, so that I can be prepared to give what I need to give emotionally for the rest of the day. So then I typically work and then after work and the kids are home, then we do connect. We try to have dinner together. Um, and then we also, you know, sometimes I do work at night, but sometimes, you know, I don't. We also have other activities at night, but then we try to wrap up with a little bit more time together before we go to bed. And so that's just kind of how my day looks. But um, one of the things I wanted to add was that after I get finished working, I do typically try to take about 30 minutes of just releasing all the things from the day before I go and connect with my family. So I'm not just taking all of that with me. And so I do, again, create that little space to have to just release all the things. And and for me, it, it's prayer. A lot of times it's just prayer, like God be with these people and let me just give you all of these burdens so that you can care for them. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, then I'll go and connect with my family. Mm-hmm. In that time of prayer at the end of a work day, so that, that last 30 minutes or, you know, 30 minutes after you finish, does that look like you being in your office? Is it you going on a walk? Like I think a lot of times for me in the past, I felt like prayer needs to be me sitting there in silence, you know, saying all the right words. So what does that look like for you? Yes. So it does look like a lot of different things. Um, Just kind of like my morning prayer praise time looks different. So like, actually I have my little hand weights right here next to my desk. So sometimes that can look like, you know, me stretching out my shoulders because I've been at a desk all day long Mm -hmm. and I'm praying as I'm stretching out my shoulders. It can look like I do Mm -hmm. have a chair in my bedroom and I have, I, it's what I call my softy blankie because of one of my daughters, she calls hers a softy blankie, but it's like my softy blankie. I, I wrap up in that and then I just like cuddle in with God and, and just give it all to him in that way. Um, sometimes it can look like an active 
um, prayer, like where I'm, you know, doing laundry. And I know that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. taking time to disconnect, but when you've been mentally engaged, emotionally engaged, like doing something physical for me, it does help me to kind of release yeah. some of the, the stuff that I've, um, you know, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, collected throughout the day. And so, yeah, so sometimes it's doing just laundry because even though that's work, it still is not connecting mentally or emotionally um, to another person for that time period. So I am able to just kind of talk things out and pray things out um, while I'm doing laundry, raking leaves. I mean, actually I've mowed grass (laughs) before afterwards, just so that, you know, I can have that time because you can't hear anything, <laughs> anything that six uh, children sure. are doing while you're mowing grass. So, uh, yeah, it can look like a lot of different things. What is your favorite area of the pies to focus on, and which one is your biggest mm. challenge? Oh my. Okay, so I have a couple of favorite areas, I think. Um, and one may surprise you. So my first favorite area is definitely my spiritual. Um, that's my favorite. Like I, you know, have been on a major spiritual journey. Um, I just love reading the Bible, learning more in that area. I love connecting with God. I love serving other people. I just love that area of spiritual attraction, of spiritual health. And so I think that that's probably the easier one for me. Um, but I would say, actually, I'm, I'm starting to like the physical one a little bit more and not because of exercise yet. <laughs> that's not, that's still not where I'm at yet physically, but Um, you know, I've just kind of been on this journey with sleep. And then, like I told you, um, that that's kind of led me to just exploring other things. And one of the things is just kind of, um, this, like my gut health and just making sure that I'm eating well. Um, I have a lot more energy because of just kind of going down this path of sleep and, you know, getting my nutrition right. And, um, it's just really impacted me in a, big way. Now, of course, I still want to really um, get exercise down pat. um, But until then, I'll just do my stretches with my (laughs) my little weights. But yeah, so physical has been another one that I have really enjoyed leaning into. And I think, you know, there's a couple of things that has really opened my eyes to that, like just kind of realizing the connection between your physical health and your intellectual, emotional, and spiritual health, just the way that it all affects each other. Like it's not just physical health for the sake of looking better or um, having bigger muscles or et cetera. Like it, it really does impact the rest of my life. And I didn't realize how much it was impacting the rest of my life until, you know, going down this journey. Yeah. And you know what, just to give you some extra boost of confidence. So yeah, in in thinking about physical health, probably the three most important things are your nutrition, your sleep, and your movement or your exercise. But the exercise is always the lowest on the totem pole in all (laughs) other areas. It's like, it's 80% your diet, for sure, what you eat, how you, you know, your gut health, all of that. But then it's, still a whole lot your sleep because if you're not well slept if you're not recovered 
you can't handle stress. You can't handle the stress of a workout, which that's all a workout is. It's you're continuing to stress right. out your body and your muscles, yeah. but you have to have the ability to recover from that. So I would say you're doing it the exact right way. You're putting that good foundation in so that when, and if you get to the point of whatever exercise looks like for you, then yes. you are set. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, do massages count? <laughs> I get massages. Girl. <laughs> Working my muscles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We will count it. I will give you that pass for that. So let's let's uh, talk a little bit about your clients. So you are a coach. You have several clients. I mean, just giving Priscilla a plug here. If you're wanting to coach with her, get on her wait list soon because she's booked out. She's consistently booked out. And uh, so fantastic coach. I love in your bio how the last the last sentence is you're a recovering people pleaser. Yes. Tell me more about how you balance again a family of eight, having all of these clients, serving at your church, volunteering. So where are you putting those boundaries in your life to make sure that you're not just edging into those old habits of wanting to please people and saying yes to yes. everything? Yes. Oh, okay. So boundaries are some of my favorite things to think about. <laughs> Because uh, I was a boundaryless person prior to marriage crisis. And so I absolutely love boundaries. And I would say that I'm pretty good at having boundaries. Um, like I do have weekend sessions sometimes. I have night sessions sometimes. But that doesn't mean that I have just lost all my boundaries. I am very intentional mm -hmm. when I do those things to create other space, other times um, to to, you know, have time for me and my family and for serving and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. as far as like how I carry those boundaries out, um, I am very intentional about my time and my family's time being mine and my family's time. Um, I do not respond to emails or texts or, you know, anything like that on those times. Um, you know, like even when like there's big family things or, um, you know, my children are involved in things, I oftentimes block off my schedule very much in advance to make sure that I have space to be able to be there for my children and be there for my husband and be there for those types of things. And again, like I kind of hold those times just as valuable, just as precious as I do um, an appointment with a, a client and actually maybe even more so where it's like, these are people that um, need me day in and day out. Um, whereas these clients need me for a season. And so, you know, I just hold those times very, very precious. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm just very strict about that. Um, I do um, again, have space where I do get back to emails. Like, and, and to be honest, some of it's for my benefit. Like if I were to wait until a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning to start getting back to all my emails over the weekend, that does um, kind of weigh on me a little bit more. So it does benefit me to get back sometimes on the weekend or some, you know, sometimes at night. And, but I create that space to do that. I don't just lackadaisically start getting sucked into. And I'm not saying that I've always done that. Like I, I have definitely um, had times where, you know, I, like I could get lost in just client emails, client bookings, client, 
um, texts and never come out. <laughs> but that's when yeah. I realized like I've got to have good boundaries around that. The time that you were talking about where you've, you know, in the evenings, weekends, whatever, if you've, if you've blocked that out for your family, you said you're really good mm -hmm. at not checking text or emails during that time. Have you put your phone in a phone jail? Like, do you not have your phone with you? And I'm being serious about this. Have you put it somewhere or are you just so disciplined that you really won't get sucked yeah. into it? Okay. So both, <laughs> um, I have put my phone in like, like I typically plug, and I know this is, this is probably a no, no, but I do keep my phone plugged in in my bedroom. So I do sometimes keep my phone plugged in in my bedroom and then I, you know, go and connect. Um, but I am typically disciplined, even if I were to receive it, that I will not open it and get back to it until I have space to do that. Um, because again, like another thing I have teenage children and it's like, what example am I setting to them? If, if I'm bringing yeah. my phone to the table and I'm answering emails at dinner time, then, yeah. you know, they're going to think, Oh, well, mom's on her phone. I can be on my phone. Like I want to set that example right. for them as well. Also, I mean, th these are the people that are are my people. And so I want to give them respect and they have my attention. Um, just like if a client were to have a session with me, I'm not going to be answering emails <laughs> with other clients while, you know, it's their time to be with me. Right. Makes total sense. How do you deal with overwhelm when you get just stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, what are your mm -hmm. tools that you have in your tool bag that you turn to? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I love Brene Brown when it comes to overwhelm. Um, there's some things that she has talked about with overwhelm. Like, first of all, she kind of um, talks about the difference between stress and overwhelm. Like stress is where I can articulate, here's what I need. There's a lot going on, but I need help. Overwhelm is kind of that place where it's like, I don't even know what I need right now. I'm just kind of at a place where I can't think even about what I need. So that's really helped me to understand like, okay, if I'm overwhelmed, I may not even realize what I need. And so um, one of the ways that I do is I do kind of disconnect, disengage. And, and another thing that she has said that's really helped me is that numbing is not bad unless you numb to excess. And so like I do sometimes check out in ways, um, again, that could be in a, in a productive way, like laundry or um, raking leaves or doing something that's physical, but I don't have to connect emotionally. It could be just taking a nap. It could be just crawling in that chair and, and wrapping my blanket around me. Um, sometimes I do have this one little, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know if it's a, a guilty pleasure. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's this little game called dots. I don't, well, it may not even be called dots, but it has to do with dots. And so sometimes I'll disengage by just playing this little game for a period of time. It's just a stupid little game, but it just kind of helps me to not think about anything. Um, mm -hmm. But really the goal for me during that overwhelm is just to kind of release all the things, like just let them all go. Even if that looks like maybe I'm letting things go, um, you know, and actually I say, I 
I can do laundry and let things go, but sometimes the laundry is overwhelming. So sometimes it's yeah. letting the laundry go. Um, but anyway, so just saying, say I do just try to get to that place where I can at least like understand what I need and what I need to do to move forward. Um, so sometimes that does look like stopping, just completely stopping. Mm-hmm. How do you ask for help from others when you're over, when you're overwhelmed? Oh man, now that's a hard question. <laughs> um, okay. I am getting better at asking for help when I need help. Um, that has really been a struggle. I've always wanted to um, do the things that I need to do for myself uh, because I've, I don't want to be a burden to others. But I think what I've realized is that when I ask for help, um, that I'm also giving other people an opportunity to serve and to serve me. And also we know that we can't do life alone. And if we try, um, it's not going to end well. And so, you know, I actually do have um, a couple of friends that I can really like authentically reach out to and just say, I'm struggling and they don't expect me to show up in any kind of way. They don't expect me to um, be any kind of thing. And they are willing to show up for me any way that I need in the moment. Um, But also with Jordan, like I am able to ask him to help me. You know, if I can, can, you know, verbalize what I'm needing help with, like he always shows up. And so, you know, I can just say, look, like this was my goal. Um, I'm so far from it. I'm so overwhelmed. You know, can you help me with this? And actually, I'll just say like um, one of the things that he's been doing for me with me recently is organizing. He is a much better organizer and I'm not. And Kimberly, you know why. (laughs) I'm an I and I letter from, uh, you know, job to job and don't finish any of them. Um, and so he's really been helping me to organize. Now I can, I can keep organization going, but to get it to that place is really difficult for me. And so I have just said, look, I need help. And, and he's shown up. And I think that that's one of the things that had always been a fear of mine. I don't want to ask for help, because there's a possibility you're going to reject helping me and then I'm going to feel really bad. So I've just had to understand if they say no, it's probably not because of me. It's probably just because they can't show up for whatever reason at that time and not take everything so personally. Oh, that's a really good point. Yes. That reframe (laughs) of just like there are times when others, when we have to say no for ourselves and set those boundaries, then there's times other people are going to set boundaries and it has nothing to do with loving us. It has everything to do with them trying to meet their own needs in the moment. Oh, that is so good. (laughs) Priscilla. I really love Uh, that. that. That's great. Great reframe. Yeah. Okay. I, I have so many questions we haven't gotten to, but as we wrap up, I'll summarize with this and then we'll just have to have you on for a further conversation in the future. So you work with a lot of clients as we've talked about, and you even work with them in their pies journey and how that relates to them helping to save their marriage. Where do you recommend when you're working with a client that they start on their pies? And I mean, 
even further out than that, to the listeners that are listening, what are some of the tools and tricks that you have in your tool belt that that you would encourage them with on if you're struggling or if you've stalled, then here's how to get back on track and start to see movement again. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, you know, again, I love talking about pies with my clients, especially as they first kind of come on board, but then in continuing to encourage because a lot of times, especially when you're in crisis, you do get stuck. And so I typically like to start small. Um, you know, we do talk about how um, like big resolutions, like for New Year's, for instance, they don't typically um, go well because, you know, we're trying to make this big change, like new year, new me kind of thing. And so typically I like to guide my clients to start small. And really the first one that I like to start with on um, the physical is sleep. <laughs> Are you getting enough sleep? And let that be your goal. Because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I've got to make these huge changes to my life in order to start getting going down this journey of, of growth and and, you know, healing and all those kinds of things. And really, it doesn't have to be that big. And just like, you know, I said earlier, how getting some of those things in order encouraged me to press into other areas. Um, you know, I think starting small. So with sleep, it's just, I mean, with physical, it's just that getting that sleep. Are you getting that sleep? That's where I like to begin. Um, with intellectual, you know, it's, it's not getting out there and, you know, getting a master's in anything or, you know, um, doing anything huge necessarily. It can be, and I highly encourage that if you're there, but it can be something as simple as, Hey, I'm going to learn how to cook a new dish, or I'm going to, um, like if you're used to reading books for intellectual growth, I recommend reading for fun, just kind of get it, giving your brain a break. If, especially in the middle of crisis, when you're studying about how to be the best you so that you can show up for your spouse or how to have the best marriage, maybe you just need a, a brain break. So intellectually just kind of, yeah. you know, do something, read something for fun. Um, when it comes to emotional, I, uh, there's so many things for emotional, but my favorite thing is just encouraging them to let go and play, have fun, just do something that they enjoy. Of course, connecting with other people would be amazing, but some of my clients aren't there yet. And so, you know, I do just encourage, do something that's going to bring you joy and laughter, even in the middle of this heaviness. Uh, and then spiritual, of course, we do talk about um, just getting out there, serving, realizing that there's so many people hurting out there. You're not alone. Um, but then if you're a believer, I, I just encourage worship, worship, worship um, for those. So it's just it's these little small things that make such a big difference in our lives. And we don't want to make too many big changes right now because they're not going to be sustainable, especially while things are so heavy. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Even just this morning, I was listening to a podcast about, about goal setting and it was Andrew Huberman, I don't know if you know who that is, but his podcasts are so long. They're like mini courses, like three hours. But in this podcast, it was all about uh, goal setting. And he said the ideal, according to research, the ideal goal to set is one where you will achieve it 85 right now, like in your current state of being, where it's achievable 85% of the time and the other 15% is a stretch. Because you, you don't want so it to be big. so big, like you were saying, that it's just 
insurmountable, but you also don't want it to be so small that it has no motivation aspect to it. So that's right. I love everything. That's right. I love everything that you said about that, which is amazing. Priscilla, you are fantastic and love the wisdom that you brought to the call today. And I know for sure that so many of the listeners are going to be blessed by it. Any, do you have any parting words of encouragement to our listeners before we end? So I think that one of the things that I wanted to say was um, sometimes people think, well, I can move forward in my life. I don't have to focus on me. My my focus is on pouring into others and, and it's not really that important. But I just want to say, no, you can't. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. going to stay stuck where you are if you don't start working on taking care of yourself first. I think there's a quote out there, like if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And so you do need to make changes to yourself in order to move forward in your life. And so the pies are super important um, and it's worth the work that you put into them um, to go down that path. That's right. Said as a mother of six who finds time to work on herself because she knows that she can't get from an empty cup. Beautifully said, beautifully said, Priscilla. Thank you so much. I enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure we'll have another one soon. Here is my key pies takeaway from today's episode with Priscilla. I love so many things of what she said, including how she really reframed boundaries. I've struggled with the same thing that she talked about, people rejecting her, being scared that people would reject her if she asked them for help and they said no. But that reframe of maybe they're saying no, not because they don't love me, but because they are needing to work on themselves right now, or they're needing to fill up their cup in a certain way. And what a great way to reframe that situation. But my favorite key takeaway from today's episode, other than there always being hope. And look at a person who has gone through so much, but has made a conscious effort to work on herself, was the point where she said, everything changed when I realized that the pies really were for me. They weren't to change her husband. They weren't to change the circumstances going on in her life. It was the only thing that she could control to change herself which is the only thing that she really could change. So she started working on different things. She talked about all those areas. Sleep has been huge for her. The spiritual side through worship, through prayer has been huge for her. What are those areas for you that would be huge for you if you actually dedicated the space, created the space to work on them? And then create those goals that have to do with 85% being achievable, but 15% of it being a stretch. So to put that in perspective, if a goal is I'm going to sleep eight hours a night, which is a really great one to start with, then what does that look like when you actually put it in a goal? Well, if we're going to make it 85% achievable, 15% a stretch, then we start with, well, how much are you sleeping right now? And maybe you say, I'm sleeping six hours right now. Then the goal is, okay, how can we consistently make that six and a half over the next week? You can already achieve that 85%, but we're stretching it a little bit more. And so you begin to change your habits around that. You begin to really ask yourself, well, where is that other 30 minutes going to come from? Ideally, you would be going to bed earlier unless you're waking up at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Ideally, you'd be going to bed earlier. 
So then it's a domino effect backwards into, well, then what needs to change in my life for me to be able to have space to go to bed earlier? How can I get better sleep when I am asleep? Maybe it's I need to stop drinking. And again, going with that 85-15% rule, then if you're drinking every night, there might be other things you need to assess. But if you're drinking every night, then the goal is how can I go one night this week without drinking? right? Next week, how can I go two nights without drinking? So you're making it achievable. But the other thing that we know from research is that you really need to make sure that you align with these goals, that it's something you want to do. Start with your why. That's what I talk about when I work with the pies clients that I work with, when I do the teachings that I do over for the, the pie stuff that I do is we always start with the why, because if you are not aligned as to why this is important for you, how it's going to make a difference in your life, then you probably won't move forward. The flip side of that, which research is actually beginning to show is really strong, is that you don't just need to talk about and think about why it's important for you, but to actually think of the failure of it. If I don't fix this, if I don't work towards this, how will that lead to my life being harder or worse? How will it hurt my relationships? And that actually can be more of a motivating factor to consider the failure of not hitting a goal than to only think about the success of it. So that's a long key takeaway, but it's so important. You realize that it's important to work on you because it's the only thing you can control. And then you identify one thing, just pick one thing that if you worked on that, whether it's a physical, intellectual, emotional, or spiritual, you probably in your gut already know which one you need to focus more on. Pick that area and pick one thing in that area that you can devote to making better over the next week and focus on what is 85% achievable and 15% a stretch. I look forward to hearing what that is from you. Until next time, stay strong. <laughs>